If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, the prospect of so-called superbugs, bacteria that is resistant to antibiotics, is, is pretty terrifying, right? The idea that uh, something that would be easily treated with penicillin is all of a sudden now something that, that could threaten your life. It is a frightening prospect. And we're hearing from a lot of experts uh, about that, that very scenario. Uh, certainly uh, the alarm is being sound about the rise of, of so-called superbugs and the problem of overuse of antibiotics, which is contributing to all of this. So how do we treat these superbugs? What, what do we do when we get to that scenario where we've got infections that cannot be treated with antibiotics? Well, that's happening right now. And uh, there's a new book out that, uh, on the one hand, explores... Uh, potential solutions to this problem but it's also a pretty compelling story about someone who nearly died from one of these bacteria resistant or antibiotic resistant infections Uh, the book is called the perfect predator a scientist race to save her husband from a deadly superbug Uh, joining us on the line are the authors of this book stephanie strathdy is Associate Dean of Global Health Sciences and Harold Simon Professor at the University of California, San Diego Department of Medicine. Also joining us is her husband, Tom Patterson. He's a professor of psychiatry at UCSD. Uh, Stephanie, Tom, great to have you both with us here. Welcome to the program. It's great to be here. Thanks. Thank you. Well, Tom, let me ask you, first of all, I mean, obviously this book is in large part about your own experience, your brush with death. How are you doing these days? I'm doing great. Just got out of the garden doing a little heavy uh, tilling, and we are, we're on vacation down in Costa Rica doing some bird watching just recently, and I'm back to work full time. Well, that's excellent news. All right, well, let's take a step back, and, and perhaps both of you can, can add to the story, but this is a situation uh, that, that arose, I guess, was back in 2015. You were traveling in Egypt, correct? That's right. And so what happened? Well, my husband and I were on vacation, um, and he, he had a bucket list. He wanted to see the Valley of the Kings before he croaked, and, uh, well, he came pretty close to seeing it feet first in his own tomb. Mm-hmm. Um, I joked about it at the time, but it, it turned pretty deadly very quickly. And we thought he had food poisoning, but it turned out he had a gallstone that stuck in his bile duct and caused a giant abscess to form, but that wasn't all. Inside this abscess lurked a superbug, a bacteria that was resistant to all antibiotics. And that was what ended up taking him down. Right. And, and for you, Tom, I mean, how scary was that? First, not realizing what was going on and then being told that, okay, we've figured out what you have, but there's nothing we can do to help you. Yeah, well, actually, initially, you know, the scariest part was being in a place that uh, very few people speak English and you were in a uh, clinic rather than a hospital with all the more modern amenities but once I found out that I had a superbug, certainly I was scared, but I still thought that, you know, 
this is going to be curd, even though it was a superbug. I, I was a little naive at the time. Uh, for you, Stephanie, then what was then your, you know, your your knowledge about superbugs and the threat that these pose going into this? You know, how much how much knowledge were you coming in with? Well, I'm an infectious disease epidemiologist, actually trained at the University of Toronto. I grew up in Toronto, um, I'm, and incidentally, I'm a, a adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University in Vancouver. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I knew just as much as uh, you know anybody, um, but. I was really taken off guard because this was a bacteria that used to plate on my Petri dishes back in the 1980s at U of T as an undergrad. And all of a sudden, it's now number one on the World Health Organization's list of the deadliest, most superbugs to human health. And so that was a shock. Uh, I didn't realize that really, you know, many bacteria have acquired antibiotic resistance genes very rapidly, and it means that our antibiotic options are running out. In fact, um, the World Health Organization and the Centers for Disease Control in the U.S. say that, that um, the antimicrobial resistance crisis is a bigger threat to human health in our lifetimes than climate change. So is that to say then that, that this is an example of that, that if this infection had occurred 30 years ago, that, that it could have been treated with antibiotics? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, wow. they were giving them antibiotics, but none of them were working anymore. So this particular organism, Acinetobacter bomanii, um, is, its nickname is Arachidacter because so many bats are coming back from the Middle East with it. Um, it's just been like a bacterial kleptomaniac stealing antibiotic resistance genes from other bacteria, and now it's, it's very impervious to antibiotics. And it's not the only one. There's several other uh, organisms that are also becoming superbugs and getting harder and harder to treat. So a small scrape or a simple surgery could lead to limb amputation or even death. Uh, so you dove headfirst into all of this, then obviously you're, you're not just a scientist at this point. You're now a wife trying to find a way of, of saving her husband. So where, where did you begin? Well, there was one day when I asked Tom if he wanted to live, and even though he was in a coma, I was hoping that he could hear me. I could see his eyebrows kind of, you know, wiggling a little bit. And I said, honey, if you want to live, you know, you're going to give it all you have, but please squeeze my hand and I'll leave no stone unturned. And, you know, he squeezed my hand and I was so excited and I'm thinking, okay, now what am I going to do? I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I do know how to research things. So I went home and I went to the internet and I looked up, you know, alternative treatments for the superbug that he had. And I came across a hundred year old forgotten cure called phage therapy or bacteriophage therapy. And I remembered hearing about this in my virology class at U of T, you know, decades earlier. And so, um, you know, these phages are actually viruses that have naturally evolved to attack bacteria. And they have been used to treat uh, bacterial infections for decades, but not any longer in North America because we have given up on them in favor of antibiotics. So the idea of a virus to attack the bacteria sounds promising, but what about the virus itself? I mean, does that pose a, a risk to humans? Well, the neat thing about these are that these phages are viruses that only attack bacteria, so and they only attack specific kinds of bacteria. So, if you are using them on a, a you know somebody who's dying like Tom, they will kill the bacteria that they match to. But um, and then once those bacteria are gone, they're excreted, um, so they don't have you know the side effects that antibiotics do, which generally tend to you know wipe out a whole broad spectrum of of bacteria that are friendly bacteria for our microbiomes. So what's the pro 
process then from, you know, stumbling upon this and realizing that, as you say, I mean, this was something that, that was being investigated a uh, hundred years ago to then sort of picking up that mantle and, and coming up with something that, that you can use to treat your husband? Well, first I had to get um, approval from the local doctors that were treating Tom, and luckily I knew them, and they were, you know, seeing that he was going to die unless something drastic was done, and they didn't really hold out a lot of hope, but they said, if you can find phages that match his bacteria, we'll call the FDA and get approval for compassionate use. And so I now I had to find researchers that had phages that were going to match his bacteria. And so I wrote total strangers and begged them to help me. And, you know, I was just amazed at, at, you know, a global network of researchers just stood up and said that they would do what they could to help. So we sent Tom's bacteria to them and they looked to see if they had phages that matched. And in many cases, they went to raw sewage to actually find them because wherever you find a lot of bacteria, you find the perfect predator that preys on them which are the phages so sewage ends up being a pretty good place so now i can legitimately say to my husband that he's full of you know what (laughs) no kidding uh but i mean the, the effect was pretty instant wasn't it well, it was amazing. I mean, first they had to identify the phages and purify them and get them to us, and then the FDA had to give approval. But only that whole period of time only took three weeks. So compare that to an antibiotic that takes yeah. 10 to 15 years, $80 million or more to develop. I mean, we sourced this from scratch in many cases. So after we injected them into his bloodstream, which was the scariest day of my life, he woke up three days later, lifted his head off the pillow and kissed his daughter's hand. Tom, you remember that day? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I de- definitely do. It was one of those uh, experiences that uh, you certainly never forget coming out of a coma. It's, uh, it's amazing. And I think maybe that brings up a point that I'd like to bring to your listeners, and that is um, even though you're in a coma, uh, you're not a complete vegetable or a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. Somebody speaking to you like Steph did, you can hear. It's not like you and I speaking at this moment, but you can certainly hear the message being, be careful what you say around somebody that's in a coma. They may very well hear, and, and it may not be as helpful as you might hope. Uh-huh. Um, so from there, I mean, obviously the story doesn't end there, where now you've, you've found what your husband needed to treat to this this condition. He's now on the road to recovery. So, wh- where do we take you know these these lessons? And and what have the two of you decided that you know you need to devote yourself to now going forward? Well, we were really privileged. Um, although it sounds kind of crazy to say that some of the worst things that could happen to you ended up being you know something miraculous. Total Strangers helped us, and so we decided that we want to pay it forward. And it shouldn't be this difficult to get phage therapy. So we wanted to make it easier. So in writing our book, telling our story, doing press about it, we've um, actually had people coming to us from all over the world who want phage therapy. And we opened the first dedicated phage therapy center at UC San Diego called IPATH. It's the Center for Innovative Phage Applications and Therapeutics. So IPATH at ucsd.edu is our email address. We're actually helping Canadians access phage therapy too. And we're a nonprofit. Um, but what we're really trying to do is, you know, share the experience that we've had. Um, and our physicians are sharing their experience with other physicians so that if you have a superbug that is not responding to any antibiotics, 
then you can contact us and we can help you. And, and Health Canada is now starting to receive requests for, for phage therapy. Tom, what does this mean to you? Well, it means the world. I mean, it, you can't imagine how emotional it was to learn that somebody else had lived who was on the brink of death as a result of my case and my experience. So I really view myself as evidence-based hope. Um, there's still a lot of research to be done, no question about it, before this is going to roll out on a large scale. Mm -hmm. But we've already seen a number of cases, both here in San Diego and, and nationally and internationally, that have been very successful. So I'm extremely optimistic and humbled. Yeah, and to that point, Stephanie, I mean, talk about where where this fits in in, in addressing this this burgeoning global crisis because it's it's not necessarily a panacea. It's not as though we've we've got the answer and we don't have to worry about this problem anymore. But it's certainly uh, an encouraging avenue of of research here. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on how much of a solution we we found here? Well, we don't really know for sure. First of all, we have to put phage therapy through clinical trials so that it is, you know, compared right up against antibiotics on a broader scale. And if it's shown to be efficacious, then the FDA and Health Canada and other, you know, similar bodies in other countries can approve it. It's certainly standard of care in Poland and in the Republic of Georgia where it's been used for decades. Um, but there's other really interesting aspects of this too. First, phage can actually be used to make failing antibiotics work better. We saw this in Tom's case where the phage and the antibiotic are both attacking the bacteria at the same time. The bacteria has to make a genetic decision as to what to do. And in some of these cases, it actually mutates to become sensitive to the antibiotics again. So imagine even if phage therapy was to fail in clinical trials, if its only purpose ends up being to resurrect failing antibiotics that are sitting on the shelf not useful yeah. anymore, that's still a game changer. The other thing that's coming on the horizon is gene editing. So right now, everybody has been using natural phages that are found in the environment, but it's possible to actually, you know, clip some of the genes to make them work better. Um, and um, the first case of a genetically modified phage cocktail to successfully treat a human being is going to be reported in the next couple of weeks, and that is a direct result of Tom's case. Well, it's all very encouraging. Uh, again, the book is called The Perfect Predator, A Scientist Race to Save Her Husband from a Deadly Superbug. Much more at theperfectpredator.com. Uh, Stephanie, Tom, thank you so much to you both. Really appreciate you joining us here today. All the best to you. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for Tom. having us. All right, there you go. Stephanie uh, Strathty uh, is uh, the co-author of this book. Also, as mentioned, Global Health Sciences, uh, Associate Dean of Global Health Sciences at UC San Diego, and her husband, Tom, uh, Professor of Psychiatry at UC San Diego. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.